Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters like you how to have more turkeys on your property and more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this through tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to part two of episode six of the Turkey Hunter podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. And this episode is the interview with Trent Masterson with the National Trappers Association. And in part two of the interview, Trent is going to tell us the best time of year to trap for predators. He's going to talk to us about scent control and what bait to use for the trap. So without further ado, let's get into part two of episode six with Trent Masterson. All right, so we talked about the best types of trap for your nest predators and and the type of bait, but what we didn't talk about is they're really a better time of year. Assuming your game law, your state game law, would allow you to trap any time of year, is there a better time of year for trapping for skunks, possums, and raccoons? Right. That is, and you, and you mentioned it earlier, population dynamics. It is is it's real important when you're protecting nests with quail or with turkey. Obviously, they're nesting in the spring. So just mm-hmm. just prior to that is when you would want to knock the population down to its lowest point of the year if possible. They're also going to be breeding at that, or, you know, they're going to be actually denning at that time of year, and they're going to start to have their kits or pups or whatever they, you know, whatever animal it might be. And so they're right. going to really be out there hunting for those baby, whatever it may be, your fawns or your turkeys, you know, poults or eggs or things like that to try to feed their young, their newborn uh-huh. young. So just prior to that is really, in my opinion, the best time to really get after those animals and you get that population knocked down to its lowest level of the year. You know, I, I used to do some, some speaking engagements for NWTF here, our local chapter, turkey workshops yeah. and stuff. And so I, through that, I did some research through some Texas A&M studies. Uh, some, I believe it was Auburn or one of the other Southern colleges. Um, uh, that's a bad word around here. You have to be careful <laughs> saying that. <laughs> And uh, every one of them really emphasized that you could really improve your pole production by doing nest predator control. Every study that I researched really emphasized that you could affect you know, your, your fawn production and your pole production for turkeys and, and quail through those studies. And uh, you know, I don't have them right here at my fingertips or I'd give you some actual statistics, but you know, I do recall going through those and reading those studies and, and there's a lot of studies out there that, that prove that, you know, scientific science has proven that controlling those nest predators prior to nesting is, is a very effective way of increasing your numbers of turkeys on your property that next year. Yeah, I believe that. Again, the show's more geared towards turkeys, but I'm going to throw a quick deer story and predators in there. But a friend of mine, his hunting club's a rather large club. They have in the neighborhood of 4,500 acres in West Alabama. They have a gentleman who comes out and does some trapping for them. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman found a, a coyote den, and mm-hmm. he set up a game camera on the outside of the coyote den. And over a 30-day period of time, he has pictures of 
what he says is the same coyote. Now, I'm not really questioning whether it's the same coyote or not because it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But he said it's the same coyote that had brought in 19 fawns mm-hmm. over a 30-day period of time. Yeah. So and if you think your deer population <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one den. That's exactly right. If you think yeah. your deer population's down and you're not sure why, yeah. that could very well be why. So those jokers are in the woods and not just coyotes, but your possums and coons and bobcats, they're in the woods 24-7. All they have to do all day long is hunt right. for food. So, right. you know, they will do damage on the animals that we want to keep around so that we can hunt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with that. I'd be interested in knowing what the actual statistics are of that right. study, but uh, I don't doubt that for a second. Okay. Yeah. And that makes perfectly good sense that you would want to get the population of those predators down before your turkeys start to nest and your poles start to hatch and then right. you know, for deer before yeah. your fawns start to drop as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I will add one thing is now you're going to be dealing with mostly adult seasoned coyotes at that time of year. And and usually mm-hmm. on these places like Hunt Club, you're going to be targeting coyotes or, you know, whatever animal you're going to be targeting, especially coyotes, if I, if I said coyotes specifically, you're going to be targeting them in their family groups. They're going to be a little more difficult to catch that time of year. Even though it is a mating season and some of the mating type lures will, will work effectively that time of year, the easiest time to catch coyotes and really kind of knock the population down is going to be what we consider dispersal is when the adult coyotes start kicking the young of the year out of that territory, which is in, it's it's September, depending on where you're at, September to November, maybe early December. Mm-hmm. And like if I'm, if I'm fur trapping in the north or in the west, I'm targeting locations where there, this dispersal is going on, a good dispersal location. And when I say a dispersal location, and it might be that, your hunt club or the place you're at is a dispersal location, and then you're really going to have your hands full because there's constantly going to be coyotes moving through this area. But anytime I I look on a map and or I'm driving around and I see something that isn't easy to cross or what I would consider an impassable barrier, a highway or a river, any mm-hmm. of those properties that are going to be along that impassable barrier or difficult to pass barrier are going to be a lot better for trapping coyotes in the fall than just your run-of-the-mill farm over here by this small town. That area, you know, I, I'm I'm hunting those out for that time of year when I'm coyote trapping, you know, for fur. So it's just keep it something to keep in mind. If you do have a farm or a, or a, a lease that's nearby an area like that along the highway, that's generally the reason you're probably going to have more problems than maybe the neighbor, you know, two places over because yeah. you're going to have dispersing animals constantly moving into your property, and you know it's. It's really hard to knock them down, and there still will be resident coyotes that are going to take up, you know, residence there. There'll be a male and female, and if you can get those knocked down, and you don't have pups in the area, usually by that time of year, can be in the in the fawning time when we're that's what we're trying to protect. To, you know, that that's you know pretty important. Yeah. All right. Well, then you know we talked about kind of the time of year to trap. Is there a really a better time of day for setting traps and checking traps? What is your normal process there. I, I mean, I know coyotes will move at any time during the day. They're mm-hmm. more prevalent at night, just like your raccoons. But what about the time of day for setting traps and checking traps? Usually when I'm running a line like that, it's a daylight till dark thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm working from sun up till sundown, and then usually in the skinning shop after it, the sun sets. Sometimes I skin on the road as I go. It's a lot easier to skin you know, my animals when they're fresh, warm, than it is when they're cold at the end of the day. So sometimes I'll do, I'll take breaks and I'll skin during the day. But if I'm 
I have too many traps out to if I can't get through my whole line when I if I stop and skin, then I'll run everything and I'll finish and I'll skin at the end of the day. So it doesn't really leave me any time to say there's a good time or worst time. I if if I had if I was running two dozen traps and I was doing small control, I would be there first thing in the morning every day and I would set my traps first thing in the morning, give it through the full day for the scent and, and things to cool off. If if I was just just on a specific piece of property with say two dozen traps and I was gonna run, you know, some coyote bobcat predator sets, you know, for uh for control work, I, I would right. I would be there first thing in the morning every day if if possible. All right. Now you mentioned scent and letting mm-hmm. your scent disperse from the area. How concerned do I need to be with having my own scent on the trap and my own scent in the area of the trap. And I would assume right. that's going to vary too, depending on the predator that you're. It, it is absolutely. Um, in predator population too. I mean, if there's a lot of, a lot of predators in the area, it's going to be not as important here in Michigan where I'm at. Everybody everywhere is trying to kill every coyote there is. And so it's, it's pretty imperative to me here. If, you know, if I go out of state and do it, it's not as, it's not as important but I would, you know, and there's there's a diff, there's a different thoughts on this. I guess you could say some guys say there's no possible way you're going to eliminate all your scent, so don't worry about it. Just go trapping, you know. Just go ahead and put your traps in the ground. Don't worry about it. They're going to smell you anyways. Just you know, bed your traps out and and put scent in there and and move on. And then there's another school of thought that says, you know, be as clean as you possibly can, and you're going to catch more predators. I'm probably, and I've tried both ways, and I I started as, as clean as I possibly could be. I, you know, I, I was a, I hunted deer for years, and I was a deer hunting guide, and, you know, I, mm-hmm. I saw the importance of scent control when deer were in deer hunting. It's very important to me. The guys that were, you know, particular about scent control were more effective, saw more deer on a general basis, got away with a lot more than the guys who didn't practice scent control. I just saw it firsthand in the woods too many times. To, but I would say that, you know, that kind of school of thought intrigued me. So I kind of went away from being really scent conscious on my line, making sure my traps, you know, I had one bag for fresh sets and one bag for dirty sets and making sure I was clean gloves and make sure I was rubber boots and never touching anything around the set and all that kind of stuff when I started trapping. And then I kind of learned, you know, saw how some of these other guys were trapping and I kind of let that go a little bit. And it got to the point where my catch wasn't what it used to be. And I quickly, you know, it shifted gears again and went back to the way I was, the way I used to. And I think that it's pretty important to me now to be, to be as scent conscious as I possibly can be given the conditions. I'll put it that way. Cause sometimes I'm on the road. It's really difficult. If I'm here working out of my shop, it's a lot easier for me to clean traps and switch traps out and, and that kind of stuff than it is when I'm, you know, on the road somewhere. Yeah. What about when you're when you're running those the trap line? Are you, I guess, if you're running a, a bunch of traps, you're probably running that on an ATV or a UTV, mm-hmm. actually running that line, so you're not as concerned with just your, your general presence in the area as much mm-hmm. as you are maybe the scent actually on the trap or all around that tight area where you set the trap. Exactly. And that's why... It, even with guys who, and that's the that's kind of the school of thought with the guys who don't really pay a lot of attention to set to scent. They just spray paint their traps. They use leather gloves. They use leather boots, and they ride a four wheeler. Gas smells and exhaust smells, and they just figure, give them time. The scent's going to ultimately dissipate, and then, and then you'll catch the coyote. You know, if you don't have a lot of time, 
and you're going to be really clean and you go through those extra steps ahead of time, I believe you're going to start catching more coyotes earlier than you would if you don't. And don't get me wrong, I don't think it's, I really don't think it's possible to go to an area and make a set and have a coyote not know that there was a person there. I, they have that good of a nose to where I think they're going to know. It's just, I think if you limit it, it definitely makes a, makes a difference. Is it the same level of concern with a raccoon or a possum as far as your sense concern that you would have with a coyote? Yeah. You know, they can okay. smell I, very well. I, I just watched how they react on trail cam video, and I know they know that you've been there, but they could care less that it's a human. I think they're used to getting into garbage cans and around feeders and places like that to where they're, I think they almost relate human smell with food or something, you know, intriguing yeah. to them. Um, so, and that's something with my dog fruits that I noticed too, and, and wax um, that I wax my traps with. I believe the stinkier my dog fruits are, the more they're used, the more raccoons I catch in them, the better they get because it's it's a, it's an attractor to that possum or that raccoon. Un, unlike yeah. a coyote trap where if you have a, a coyote trap that's already caught a coyote and you're not in a inside of a catch circle, you're going to have that trap dug up more times than not. I mean, if I take an old dirty trap and I and I put it in a brand new fresh set, you're going to have to, there's ways around it that's more technical stuff. If you're, st- if you're setting your, in my opinion, you're going to see that you're going to have more uncovered traps, trip traps, things like that, uh, just simply because they're digging at your trap. I don't think they know what the trap is. They just smell the other crowd on the trap buried in the ground right there in front of that attractor, and they start to play with it. But I, like, don't, getting back to the raccoon and possums and skunks, I, I don't think so. I, 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 don't, I don't worry about scent control with, with them at all. Okay. Well, in setting the trap, I know there's, you know, again, we're talking about different types of predators. Whereas you got your coons, possums, skunks, and then you've got your coyotes, bobcats, foxes. So I know there's going to be different types of sets for those traps where you would want to set them up, the location, and, and choosing the best way to do that is, can you just real briefly, and I am going to try to trick you once we get off this call or quit recording this call, I'll try to trick you into coming back on and doing another call with me at a later date to where we can get a little bit more in depth with choosing a trap location and setting the trap and really go through what you do to make the trap as ideal as possible, or I guess I should say as invisible as possible in terms of catching a a predator. But just in general, catching a coon, I always see coons around water sources. So I'm going to assume that that's going to be a great place to set a trap for a coon. Right. Exactly. Especially doing that because you're not, um, you know, when I'm fur trapping, it's a little different because I'm kind of targeting more adult boars. And so I'm going to maybe set different areas for different times of the year to, to uh, uh, you know, target that specific animals more valuable. But in this situation, we're, we want them all gone. We don't want any of them around. Right. Um, and so the first place I would go is water sources for raccoons. You know, I think of number one on the list would be food. Number two on the list would be water. But then something you got to think about in the time of the year when we're probably going to target them is their breeding season, their rut. And here in the north, our, our raccoon rut starts right around the first of the year. Honestly, I really don't know when the raccoon rut starts in the south. If they do it more, it's more spread out. But in, right. in that time of the year, you're going to target dense denning sites, you know, areas where you believe they're living, old, old abandoned buildings, uh, big hollow trees, a lot of times they'll just be in old, old groundhog holes, things like that, yeah. and beaver lodges, places like that where you find a big what toilet, we call them, like a scat pile. 
there's a place that a boar is going to look for those females. He's going to constantly be traveling. He's going to move a lot more that time of year, in the colder times of the year, than the than the than the females and the kits will. But starting out, water sources and and feeders, obviously at food sources. You know, if you have some cornfields around, cornfields are great places to look for raccoons. So, without okay. getting into too much detail on, we could go on and on and on about sets and locations as far as you know that goes. Yeah. How about your possums and skunks? I mean, where would you ideally set a trap for for those pretty, pretty much you're going to catch them just about anywhere you're going to catch any predator or any any raccoon again you're going to look for more ground cover their number one predators are uh, avian predators which is hawks owls eagles so they're, they're going to try to run it, be around more grassy you know tall grass areas thickets that kind of thing okay. think of imagine areas like where you would rabbit hunt and then again they're looking for den sites like you know any kind of a scent den site you would look for for raccoon yeah, protection from the elements. You got it. You got it. Okay. All right. And then I guess the place of all places is if you could find a coyote den or a fox den mm-hmm. somewhere near that. But yeah, and you know, I don't. I wouldn't. That's something that I don't really even. I would. I would more go to areas, and to set to run as many traps as I run. I don't like to go too far from whatever vehicle I'm using, whether it be a, a boat, a canoe, a truck, a UTV, or whatever it is. So one thing that's going to speed you up and, and allow you to set more traps is staying as close to your vehicle as possible and not walking, you know, not walking a lot. If you start walking into a lot of these areas, you're going to, you're going to really limit the amount of time that you have to check more traps down the line. So looking for areas that are nearby your vehicle are real important, especially for predator trapping. And then once you find good hub locations, I would start with sign on with predators. I would set on sign. Raccoon another is another one you just want to set on sign. And that's something we didn't really cover. And that is I talked about toilets real briefly there, but mm-hmm. you know I'm looking when I'm riding along, I am looking for coyote droppings. And I'm one of these guys that I always have some kind of a dry gallon container in the back of my you know whatever I'm driving. And if I see coyote droppings in the road, you better bet I'm getting out and I'm grabbing that coyote dropping and I'm keeping it. The reason being is I use that at other sets. I'm taking that coyote and they have an anal gland, just like dogs. You see when dogs greet each other, the first thing they're going to do is go up and smell each other's rear end. Coyotes are very similar and that anal gland is excreted on that on that dropping. So if I can take that dropping from his location or his or his home range and I can save it, Remember kind of where I got that one from. And generally, they all, ultimately, they all get mixed up. So I'm most of the time using it somewhere else. I pick those up and then down the road or on in the next. It, pops are over in a different area. And then I take the dropping out of that, out of my bucket, and I use it as a set over there. But anytime you see those droppings, that's that's their that's their marker for this is my home range. Keep out. You know, no different than a big buck leaves a scrape. So that's something that, you know, a little a little trick or tip that you can use is just simply a dropping in, in some good fresh coyote urine and, and you can set a trap on that alone and, and catch and catch coyotes. So you don't know this, but the audio cut out, the recording cut out on us or the so you're taking that and we only lost a few seconds of it, but I wanna make sure we cover it because I think it was a great tip. But you're taking that dropping from one area using it where you're setting a trap in a different area and it's, it's that challenge or, or, Hey, another coyotes in our territory kind of thing. And exactly. 
that type of thing. Okay. All right. Yep. And, and so, you know, and, that, and let the coyotes kind of tell you. Um, the other thing I would look for is, you know, we talked about earlier, we talked about those those impassable barriers. Look, let terrain features also. No different if, if any of you guys are whitetail hunters or even turkey hunters. I use this to my advantage a lot. Turkey hunting is pinch points, a funnel. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there's two lakes and they narrow down and there's a small creek connecting them, you, you want to bet that every critter around is passing, you know, between those two lakes, jumping that creek somewhere. It's going to be a great right. location if you can get nearby there for, for coyotes, bobcats. Bobcats, and that's something that I also learned through those studies when I was doing the, you know, turkey workshops is that bobcats are actually the number one adult turkey predator there is. Bobcats are very, very effective at killing adult turkeys, way more than a coyote is. You know, the, the first thing I learned from reading that is humans are the number one turkey predator and bobcats are a, right. close, num- or a close number two. Um, okay. So targeting bobcats can really affect your can it can really help your turkey production. And, yeah. and as far as bobcats, anywhere you find turkeys, I mean, you got pine stands. They they like to be in that thick overgrown cover where they can sneak up on something and jump on it. Looking for nest roosting, good roosting areas for turkeys. Um, they're usually good bobcat locations, and you know you find bobcats scat in those areas and, and set up. Yeah. You can be a, more, a little more aggressive with bobcats than you can with coyotes as far as sets goes. I didn't. You don't want to get into that this time, but they're they're a little different yeah. critter. I'm sure we can cover a good bit of that on the next call, and I appreciate you giving me kind of an overview on all that, you know, just to whet our appetite a little bit. Sure. Thank you for tuning in to part two of episode six of the Turkey Hunter podcast, an interview with Trent Masterson on how to trap predators to improve your turkey population. And in part three of episode six, Trent is going to share with us how to dispatch an animal, tell us a little bit about the condition of the fur market, as well as what to do if we get a non-target species in the trap. Again, if you'd like to reach Trent about trapping on your property, you can reach him at Trent underscore Masterson at gmail.com. That's Trent, T-R-E-N-T underscore M-A-S-T-E-R-S-O-N at gmail.com. Let him know that you heard about him from the Turkey Hunter podcast, and I'm sure he'd love to give you a quote and help you get rid of some of the predators to help improve your deer, turkey, quail, pheasant population, whatever it is that you're trying to improve. Thanks again for tuning in. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.